Hometown Ghost Stories contains serious and often distressing events and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, the Congress Plaza Hotel has sat in Chicago for over 100 years overlooking its city. Some of its inhabitants have been there almost as long. From America's first serial killer, courting potential victims in the lobby, to a president whose political career essentially died on the property, and many more tragic tales. This is episode number 46 of Hometown Ghost Stories. Congress Plaza Hotel, Murder, Tragedy, and Hauntings, Chicago, Illinois, Part 2. Aubrey walked through the doors of the Congress Plaza Hotel and immediately felt a pit in her stomach. She turned to her husband, Matt, and said to him, I really wish you would have booked a different place to stay after I told you what I found out about this place. Matt let out a small sigh, stopping before getting in line to check in. He didn't want to let his wife know, but as soon as he entered the building, he also felt a sense of dread. During check-in, they were handed keys to a room on the 12th floor. Aubrey whispered to her husband, asking him to get their room changed. We're so sorry. Everything else is booked, the staff member responded. Aubrey's body slumped a bit, and Matt picked up their bags and they headed to the elevator. As they exited out of the elevator door, they headed down the dim, dated hallway. As they stopped outside their door, the lights above them flickered. Aubrey let out a groan as Matt unlocked the door. They had gotten in late, so the decision was made to just rest for the night, then explore the city the following day. After unpacking, they both slipped into the bed and rolled over, facing separate directions, neither falling asleep quickly. After finally dozing off, Aubrey woke up to a slight knock on the door. She got out of bed and looked through the peephole. No one there. She opened the door and saw nothing. Her head turned down each side of the hallway, expecting to see a kid running from the scene of the crime. Yet, still no one was there. Slightly frightened, she grabbed a bottle of water, took a few moments to compose herself, and went back to bed. While thinking about the knocking, she started to drift back to sleep. Just as she was about to slip back into an uncomfortable slumber, she heard the word, Hello, come from the bathroom. She sat up startled. Again, a slightly louder voice this time said, Hello, from the bathroom. Her eyes widened. She shook her husband awake. What are you? Aubrey cut Matt off. Shut up, just listen. After a few seconds, the voice from the bathroom said in a growling snarl, One more time. The couple looked at each other shocked. A tear came down Aubrey's cheek. Matt looked around and unplugged the lamp to use as a makeshift weapon. Aubrey was too terrified to tell him not to go. Matt slowly crept towards the bathroom. He flicked on the light and looked around. Nothing. As he looked back to his wife out the doorway, the light burst. The door slammed in the darkness. Aubrey heard a sickening thump hit the floor. 
The only part of Aubrey able to move was the tears trickling down her face. She sat there in the darkness. She wanted to call out to Matt, but couldn't. Seconds began to feel like hours. Her eyes remained fixed in the direction of the door. Then the silence was broken by the door swinging open swiftly and violently. Aubrey's mouth dropped and eyes widened even more than they had been as a dark figure glided towards the bed. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Chicago, Illinois, Part 2. The Congress Plaza Hotel in Chicago began as an annex for the auditorium theater across the street, complete with an underground marble tunnel connecting the two. It would almost immediately become its own entity and one of the most famous and sought-after hotels to stay in in the city. The hotel would also add towers to the main building throughout the years, as well as constant renovations. 1908 would see the hotel officially being renamed to the Congress Plaza Hotel and would also boast the first air-conditioned ballroom. Ownership would continue to change hands over the years, leading to the 1940s, where the government would purchase it and convert it to a training school for the Air Force. After the war, it would be sold to a private group who would once again renovate it, before selling it in the 1960s, where the new group, once again, you guessed it, would construct a new series of renovations to the property. The current owners purchased the property in 1987, and it's not currently affiliated with any chains of hotels. The haunted history of the building is a long and winding path as well. In 1893, when the hotel opened, Chicago was also hosting the World's Fair. People from all over would flock to the city to attend the spectacle. Many would arrive without reservations and head to the hotel to book a room, only to find out that it was at capacity. A man with his own new hotel would wait in the lobby, hoping to see people, usually women traveling alone, that weren't lucky enough to get a room. When he found one, he would approach them and offer them a room at his hotel at a fraction of the price. Unfortunately for these people, the man approaching them was H.H. Holmes, often referred to as America's first serial killer. He in fact did have a hotel, which he converted into his own private murder castle. Soundproof rooms, secret passages, and chutes hidden in the walls to drop his victims' bodies into the basement were just some of the sinister things Holmes constructed in his hotel. The murder hotel of Holmes would burn in 1895, and the building would be left to rot until the 1930s. Upon being torn down, a post office would be built where it once stood. Since then, employees have complained about the building being haunted. H.H. Holmes, though, is believed to haunt the Congress Plaza Hotel as well. He has been seen in a lobby where he tries to get guests to come stay at his hotel. A shadow man is said to lurk throughout the hotel. A dark figure that moves throughout the hotel terrifying guests and has no face. A security guard once chased the figure throughout the place and up onto the roof. When he searched the area where it would be trapped, it was gone. Many believe this shadow figure to be the ghost of Captain Lou Ostheim. The day before his marriage, Lou went and picked up his marriage license, wedding rings, and a revolver. He then checked into the Congress and went to his room. Staff would find him dead to a self-inflicted gunshot wound the next day. A veteran of war, he often would have night terrors 
among other symptoms of what we now know to be PTSD today. The police ruled his death as an accidental suicide, claiming that he probably had a night terror and shot himself. There was no suicide note, and the family didn't believe that he did it to himself. This death occurred in 1900, a short six to seven years after the hotel opened its doors to the public. And it wouldn't be its last. Guests of the Congress Plaza Hotel often complain of feeling disoriented and dizzy while walking down its hallways. One of the pianos in a ballroom often is heard playing a few notes throughout the night, even though a person isn't in sight, and it's not a player piano. There's also the floating hand that guests see, which even has a physical location within the hotel. People have seen a ghostly hand reaching out through the wall and appearing to grab at them. Behind a ballroom, in an unfinished room, however, there's what appears to be a hand sticking out from the wall and gripping a crossbar. Rumors range from it being a practical joke from a worker leaving a glove to a worker actually being stuck in the wall during renovations. Another potentially sinister location in the hotel is room 666. If you head down the hallway of the sixth floor, you'll pass room 664. The strange part is, you'll pass a large gap before reaching room 668. If you go back and feel along the wall in the empty space, your hands will come across a doorframe. When hotel staff is asked about the room, they won't tell you why it's blocked off. Just that the only people that can see inside it now is the window washers. And they claim that the room is still intact with furniture from the 1970s. The question is, why did the hotel go through these lengths to cover up this room? However, there is a more haunted room that you can actually stay in. Room 441 is widely considered the most haunted room of the hotel. The spirit of an unknown woman is said to lurk in the shadows of this particular room. No one quite knows who she is, and there's no known documented tragedies that can be attributed to room 441. That hasn't stopped the hauntings, though. Guests have complained of constant kicking and banging on the walls and doors coming from within the room. Some have even seen a dark-haired woman standing at the foot of the bed, glaring at them before disappearing. There have been many guests that haven't even made it through the night, opting to check out and find a different hotel to stay in. A ghost by the name of Peg Leg Johnny has been seen in all areas of the hotel. He appears as a disheveled old man with a peg leg in 1800s attire when seen. He's been said to cause appliances to turn on and malfunction throughout the hotel. Johnny is believed to be the ghost of a homeless man that was murdered in the alley behind the hotel before it opened. No haunted hotel is complete without a couple of celebrity ghosts haunting it, and the Congress is no exception. The Congress Plaza Hotel was once known as the home of presidents and received visits from former presidents Grover Cleveland, William McKinley, Teddy Roosevelt, William Taft, Woodrow Wilson, Warren Harding, Calvin Coolidge, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. In fact, in 1912 at the Congress, Teddy Roosevelt announced leaving the Republican Party and starting the Bull Moose Party, and it is believed that this is where his political career died. The former president is now believed to haunt the building. A more infamous haunting may also be taking place. There have long been rumors that Al Capone stayed at the hotel and potentially even owned it. Both of these rumors have been disproven, but he did conduct a lot of business at the place 
and had associates that stayed there. It's believed that they even possibly held rival gang members hostage in the rooms and used the underground tunnels for smuggling. His ghost has been seen in the area of the bar when spotted. In August of 1939, Adele Langer was distressed. She was in America with her two sons, Carol, age six, and Jan, age four. Her husband was forced to sell their home and his business as Hitler invaded Czechoslovakia. Adele and her sons fled to America on a visa as her husband stayed in Prague trying to secure them citizenship. The six-month visa was nearly up and she was scared of what was going to happen to her and her family if they had to return home. She got her children together and brought them to the zoo for a day of fun and to try and forget their troubles. After this, they returned to the hotel and went to their room on the 12th floor. As they entered the room, Adele walked over and opened the window. First, she grabbed her son Carol, hugged him, and threw him down 12 stories to his death. She then grabbed Jan and did the same thing. After looking out the window for a moment, she jumped and joined her two sons in death. Since that day, a young boy has been seen running around and pulling pranks on the 12th floor. Many believe it is the ghost of Carol, as he was mostly overlooked in the newspaper articles about his death. Most of them focused on the death of his younger brother. A security guard that had worked in the hotel for nearly 30 years chased a young boy that was knocking on doors down the hallway one day. Once he finally cornered the boy, he yelled at him, You can't be running around by yourself up here. Where are your parents? At this comment, the boy turned around, looked at the man and grinned, and simply vanished in front of his eyes. Thanks for listening to Hometown Ghost Stories. We'll be right back after this short break. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome into Hometown Ghost Stories, episode number 46, Chicago Part 2. I'm Jesse Wilkins. I'm joined here by Rob Coakley. Hello, Rob. You know, it's starting to hit that spooky season. I have sweatpants on like a real man. I have my beanie on. It's almost perfect. I just need Dave to not be here. Well, it's, it's either spooky season or it's uh, time for a trip to Walmart because apparently you're dressed for Walmart. Uh, <laughs> this, and, is, this is how you dress during spooky season, Jesse. Do you want to fight about it? Also joining us on the show is our resident expert on Walmart and Walmart attire, Dave Wilkins. How are you, Dave? What's going on? Yes, I do want to fight about it, Rob. Let's go. Oh, you don't want to fight an MMA, Dave. The MMA. The MMA. Uh, you set yourself up for me there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. So this is uh, I, our second part of – sorry, go ahead, Dave. Nope. Okay, this is our second part of Chicago. I want to welcome everyone who's hanging out in live chat. Uh, we have a, a big old crowd here. I want to thank everyone who's hanging out. You guys are awesome. And um, if you also want to partake in live chat and join in, have your comments up on the screen and uh, read aloud if they are appropriate, then you can join in as well every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or for those who want to be really specific, around 9.08 Eastern Standard Time is when the episode actually goes live because we have a little uh, a little pre-lobby warm-up where everyone gets to tell jokes and have a great time. 
and it's even more fun than the actual episode. So obviously, if you get here right at nine o'clock, you get to join in those festivities. So welcome in. And um, just a quick announcement. So we're shifting feeds again. So we've we've joined Yay. Bloody Disgusting, yes. which is awesome news. We're excited about that. However, we just shifted the RSS feed. So I don't know how smoothly the up, uh, uploading is going to be because, once again, we're shifting platforms. If people ever have podcasts or understand how that works, when you shift platform, platforms, sometimes there's a delay on uploading. So if this episode isn't available right at the exact time, we don't know how it's going to be. I'm hoping it just goes smooth and everything goes off like it has before, but it is a, uh, it's a big move for us. So bear with us if there are any technical difficulties. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're on Apple or Spotify, it seems like those shifts have already gone through. So we should be good to go. With that out of the way, Chicago part two, we're back. A little more Al Capone in the mix. Love to see it. Yeah, wasn't actually expecting to go back to Chicago yet, but um, we have a couple guests coming on in a second. Uh, this guy, Josh, that I work with, great guy, got me some footage when he went to Chicago of this hotel that he went to. And he's like, hey, I am going to this hotel. And I didn't know it was like one of the most haunted hotels in the world when I booked it. So I was like, well, you've now obligated yourself to me to get footage. And if you don't, I will send Dave to fight you. You know, what's funny is our, our parents are catching up on old episodes and we got a text from them and they were like, hey, uh, we're catching up on old episodes and we're checking out the San Diego episode. And we actually went to the Hotel Del Coronado on our honeymoon. I was like, oh, that's wish we had known that. <laughs> That would have been uh, that would have been interesting. So, uh, they said it looks uh, looks the same as you know some of the recent photos that we had shown on that episode. So, cool little connection there. So, we actually have Josh and Ashley joining us on the show, special guests. And let's bring them on in. What's up, Josh and Ashley? Hello. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having thanks us. For, oh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, we wanted to bring Josh and Ashley on because they actually stayed at the hotel, and I thought they had a pretty fascinating story about. The spoiler alert: one night that they stayed there before deciding to move on to another hotel. So you didn't. So you didn't just book one night. I'll give Josh credit. He stayed two nights. I stayed one. <laughs> we were supposed to stay four nights. Um, I got in first the uh, Monday night, and then she came in Tuesday, and then um, we promptly left Wednesday. Uh, I wasn't having it. Yeah. So tell so, me what happened. So let's start from the beginning. Like as you walked into this hotel, what were your, what were your feelings as you entered the building? So when I got there Monday, it, uh, it kind of reminded me. I mean, it was definitely when you walk, walk into the lo- lobby, it's it, it's presidential. It, it does have that vibe of like this was uh, flourishing in like the '30s or '40s. Um, you could kind of get that old timey feel. Not much has been updated um since but you, you kind of felt like oh man this place was probably real cool back then and you know you go to the the um front desk they got a lobby where you sit down there's pool tables in it it's it's actually a pretty cool lobby it's the nicest part of the hotel that i saw <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually it is so and then you arrived a few days later ashley what was your thoughts when you entered the building well, first he told me, he goes, yeah, you're not going to like this place. I can just tell the hallways are just way too creepy. So I went in like totally afraid before I even went. Um, as soon as he booked the hotel and said, um, oh, I let him do all the work. He booked the hotel and I was like, oh, good, fine, thanks. I looked the next day and I'm like, let me just check if this place is haunted. And then when I found out it was the most haunted 
I was like, I am never letting you do this on your own ever again. There should but be it's like, kind of, it's kind of your own. It's kind of your own fault though. Totally. You shouldn't have even my, looked into it. My, my own fault. I usually go for location <laughs> and, you know, price, you know, normal things, but now I know. Now he has to add like the filter of haunted places. Yes. <laughs> um, but so as soon as I walked in, it just, I mean, it was kind of, it didn't feel too bad when you walked right into the lobby. Like that was kind of impressive. I wasn't too afraid there because there was like people around. Um, but then as soon as you walk to go to the creepy old elevator, you just like know you're going into a creepy place. Um, they're super old. So they're actually kind of cool looking, the elevators. Um, but as soon as you get off to your floor, it's like, like. <laughs> no, no updates whatsoever. The hall, the footage that you saw in the videos, it's it's what it is. It looks kind of like a, yeah, I think you put it like an old dorm in uh, yeah. Boston or something like that, like but in the city. It just never ending creepy hallways yeah. that just feel like you're going nowhere. Um, but the energy in the hallway is so heavy; it makes you feel like sick and dizzy. I felt like I was drunk, and I think I had like one drink during the whole time we stayed at that place. Um, but you felt like drunk and sick um, walking in the hallways. He doesn't feel like that, but I'm, I'm super sensitive to like spirit things. So I've had things happen in the past to me, but um, it was, but that's, that's a recurring thing in this hotel where guests go in and as soon as they get to the hallways, they start yep. feeling disoriented Um off off kilter and everything it it's not just you guys that is one of the most reoccurring things that i have seen with this place me and dave are privately just adding this to our list of hotels because we can go there and we don't even have to buy drinks to feel drunk we're like oh well we're cutting on all the expenses here all right <laughs> just wander the hallways longer <laughs> yeah really. we could have just checked out every floor um uh, yeah, definitely creepy so tell us your experience in the room josh told me um, what I thought was a well, fun story. You might well, not have thought it was a fun story. No, uh, why I stayed one night. I uh, so the first night uh, when I was there, I just you know set up shop and I don't know. I felt like a baby, like I was asleep. I was just perfect. It was perfect. I felt you know one of the best night sleeps I had. Maybe it's because there was no children there, you know, that I have. But it was a great night's sleep for me. But the second night when she came. We had to have the lights on and the TV on. To be able to sleep. And even then, it just, like, still felt like such an eerie feeling in the room, like someone is watching you or not even watching, just there. Um, and I was having a tough time sleeping. And, of course, I was super afraid. I was surprised I slept, like, at all. Um, but I slept and I woke up to hearing three hellos, kind of, like, very um, evenly spread, like, hello, 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 and then went back to bed, freaked out, snuggled him, which I don't usually do when I sleep. I don't blame you. <laughs> yes, snoring <laughs> never felt so comforting. Um, and then I woke up later again to like three beeps that were kind of in that same kind of rhythm as well. I, I just want to reiterate, the TV was on with some volume. Maybe those are the hellos. But it's a difference to the feeling you hear closer to you, to your like head, than the TV was far away. So it could be could be ghosts, could be TV, or could be drunk Dave wandering the hallways just trying to find out where he is. <laughs> yes. Could be. You never know. Any of these are a possibility. That was well, my question. What What are the possibilities that what you heard was somebody outside of the door next door trying well, to get in? Hello, hello. Did it sound like it was coming from inside the hotel? 
Yeah, room. I mean, our, the room next door was close to us, but if you saw like one of the videos that went into the two random rooms in the corner, we were these two random rooms in the corner that only one person would be kind of next to us, you would say. Yeah. Um, so like that was Josh, Josh was saying like, maybe it was like the check-in thing, yeah. but I'm like, you don't do it three times to get in. Um, and it was just so perfectly unison and like, or like whatever the word yeah. is, like just same increment of time of how they were set. And you said the hellos were like right next to you yeah. where the TV was across yeah. the room. That's the big difference too. Cause that, that rules out people in the hallway that rules out someone, you know, across the hall, knocking on their door, trying to get in. I mean, if it sounds like it's in the room right next to you, then, then that yeah. means it's either the TV or something paranormal. And if the TV isn't right next to you, then we're left with one option there. And that means it's a pretty cool story. And that means I don't fully blame you for only spending one night at the hotel. Yeah. We, the other thing that's I, interesting I, is that it, is that it came in increments of three. The hello yeah, was in increments of three. Up. The beeps were in increments of three. And when you typically, when you have this, this is just a reoccurring thing that we hear in these stories is like, was it, do you happen to remember what time it was at? Um, I probably was in that kind of like peak, like two to four weird time frame. I was snoring. We were up to like 1231. So it was after that time frame. Josh was busy yeah. snoring in increments of three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. <laughs> Exactly. Well, yeah, like I was saying, we hear that all the time in these stories. You get the things that happen in increments of three. That typically, creep. if you believe that it's something that could be demonic, then that's typically spirits mocking the Holy Trinity. Um, could be just, you know, And it's right coincidence. around peak haunting hour, which is 3 a.m. if it was between 2 to 4, right. obviously. So. so after this, you woke up in the morning and you were like, we are not doing this anymore, basically? Yeah. We, we may or may not have had a somewhat fight i guess about it like, um but i mean the cab driver was on my side yes. we we got a of course he was the, <laughs> yeah. you're paying him yes we had an uber the night before and i was like i think i'm just gonna keep my stuff packed just in case anything happens he's like yeah that sounds like a good idea there's a lot of other good hotels to stay at like he was talking yeah about yeah he's like try try I'll, them i'll take you to all of them yeah. <laughs> i'll pick you up from each one it's yeah any i'll, of I'll leave a wait outside so that kind of helps me be like it's not just me it's you know the uber drivers telling me not to stay here too <laughs> nice. so yeah, do, it sounds like he knows and, yeah. and finds it credible what was that josh i apologize yeah no uh yeah we got another hotel um basically within a few hours uh, from waking up, waking up. And one of the interesting things I found was like, cause I have a sickness thing. So sometimes I feel sick that when, as soon as I like left that hotel and went to the different hotel, I felt a million times better. So I was like, Oh, that really was how sickening like the hotel was um, to you, my body in comparison to the other. Did you take a second to look into the next hotel and find out that it wasn't oh. haunted before you went there. Oh, oh, okay. What, what, what if you just went to an even more haunted hotel and you're like, Oh God. Oh, I was afraid. <laughs> then I would have been really, really upset. <laughs> I would have just taken a, like, never went to Chicago again. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get your money back for the days that you had booked for the first hotel? Yeah. We got oh, one. Yeah. But we didn't even know that it was worth spending the money, not even knowing if we would get a refund just to be able to sleep and relax. Like you couldn't relax in the other yeah, place. What's $300? <laughs> My yeah, sanity. Right. Another three. Ah, yeah, but well, you well, want to feel I, safe. Yeah. I have a question. So, um, Ashley, you said you left after the first day, and Josh, you said you stayed a second day. Yeah. So he and stayed then, the first night, and I came on the second. She night. came the second day. Oh, okay. All right. So you didn't. You didn't. You both left at the same time. Yeah, we still liked each <laughs> oh, okay. other. Okay. Like, no, to I thought you were saying. Yeah, I thought you were saying that you left a day early and oh, he stayed yeah. another day. So, but yeah. Nice. Is it? 
So before we let you guys go, was there anything else that you felt or saw in the hotel that you found interesting or eerie? I just, the 12th floor I felt was like even stronger when we were walking through to get to the other side. And that probably was like the most creepy feeling. Like even you here, he almost like left me to go explore by myself. And I was, I kind of got adrenaline kind of trying shooting videos for you. So I I was, I know that's what I felt. I never would have, I don't think I like that at all, but I Mm -hmm. I wanted to go explore more. Um, You did say, down on the um, lobby floor, didn't you? Oh, the bat. One other area is the bathroom towards, I think, the South Tower, yeah. which is near one of the halls. That area definitely felt like a whole other level of creepiness as well. So, if you guys were to go, I would check way more places than we did. Yes. Just, just one quick comment on Josh on your adrenaline rush there. So, I we had a listener submit a ghost story. Uh, from Oswego, New York, a few months ago. And one thing that she had said is when she went into a particular haunted area of this uh, fort in Oswego, she had like this inexplicable feeling of adrenaline that she couldn't explain. Mm -hmm. And she had attributed that to the hauntings um, just because it was like almost like a, you know, like an unsolicited feeling of adrenaline, basically. So do you think maybe that yours was like a feeling out of nowhere? Or do you think it was just you were super excited about videoing the... I think it's out of character for me totally. to be to go explore something like that. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Could Adrenaline be. isn't your number one feeling. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flight all the way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, Josh and Ashley, we really want to thank you for joining us and sharing your experience with us. It's super cool to actually have someone that was just recently there and felt whether you know Josh wants to admit it or not felt stuff while at this hotel yeah you're you're swaying me a little bit now yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no thanks for having us guys we appreciate it no problem we'll uh we'll talk to you later right. thanks yeah. for coming Bye. Bye. so that's josh and ashley thank you guys so much for uh for giving us some 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 in-person insight on the location very cool to have them on cool stories too i was hoping that we would get something a little more scary than you know, they had initially just talked about the feeling in the hallways. I was like, I hope they have a good ghost story. And then they did. So she, she got woken up by someone saying hello. And then there was some beeping going on and yeah. um, cool yeah. stuff. That that was why I thought we should bring him on because when he came back and was telling me about it, I was like, I feel like you guys should come on and tell this story. And I thought it would be pretty cool to just get that firsthand account of somebody that was in the building and recently. So I'm, uh, I thought bringing them on was a good idea. So hopefully everybody liked that little interview. But yeah, that's I like so it. I stole some of that for, for the opening story as well. That's good. That's good. And we also got, um, it's always good to have someone go out there and actually get some footage for us. So we don't, just don't have to steal it off the internet from unwilling people like we usually do. It's a nice little bonus. Yeah, I'm glad you said that live. So <laughs> <laughs> an admission of guilt. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Um, so there is a lot to talk about within this hotel and I don't really know where to start, but maybe we just start at the beginning. Do we just start talking about HH Holmes? Like, do we get into this? Yeah, I think it's, yeah. So HH Holmes, uh, so I was a little confused when I was looking at this hotel because a lot of, cause HH Holmes has like a direct correlation with this hotel. So I'm mm. reading about this stuff and I'm like, wait a minute, is this the same place? And uh, it's not the same place. So I think you were pretty clear about it in your opening uh, video there that, you know, H.H. Holmes would go to this hotel to recruit people to come to his 
Murder Castle, which was in the neighborhood. So two separate buildings, an important distinction. Yeah, and maybe we should dive a little bit into who H.H. Holmes was. I'm sure a decent amount of our listeners know, but for those that don't know, H.H. Holmes is credited as the absolute first serial killer in America. I'm sure it's not true. Um, I'm sure there was other serial killers before him, but like he is the first one that actually like is documented and known. And I find him to be the scariest type of serial killer there is because he didn't do his killing out of like passion or lust or anything like that. It was strictly business for H.H. Holmes when he killed people. Yeah, he basically constructed his building to be a murder castle. Mm-hmm. Like he, 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 you, you, you brought, you brought up a lot of this in your uh, opening um, uh, video there, but he built this place to commit murder for that, for that purpose. Like hallways that lead to nothing, disorienting stairways that will just leave people to wander around confused. Um, and it's terrifying to, to, for somebody to go in with that intent and to put that much effort into something. Just real quick, just, Matthew Thomas asks, uh, was, this, was he before the uh, axe murderer serial killer? He was before the the Velisca axe murdering. I don't know if if you go back and start tracking when that axe murderer actually started um, his murder. Well, he was because he started, they, it's believed he committed his first murder as a child. So, H.H. Holmes or the Velisca axe murderer? H.H. Holmes. Okay. So, yeah, so he, he would have been before, I think, e- either way. Because you talk about 1912 with Velisca. And, um, I mean, H.H. Holmes died in, in 1896, so. Yeah, so, yeah, so there's, there's probably a two-year gap between the two. So, I mean, there's so much to talk about with this guy. It starts, he was always considered a little bit of a weird child. Like, the other kids found him a little different than them. So, they decided to play a prank on him one day. And they locked him in a funeral home with an, with a dead body that was out in the open. And instead of being frightened by the dead body, he was actually like, like encapsulated with like, did we just, have a slab, slab of bacon situation going on here? No, no, no. He was too, too young for that. But he like the, a dead body just like fascinated him. So it, it translated to him going to metal medical school. And while in medical school, he would help get cadavers and, started to see the underground trade of getting human bodies for campuses and stuff. It was like a real hush hush thing, but they were getting them in ways that they shouldn't have been getting them. And that led to, and I'm really shortening this story, but it led to him starting to do insurance fraud, um, trying to fake his own death by finding cadavers that look like him. That led to him. Yeah, check, check forging, stealing horses. Yeah. I mean, like, he wasn't just a serial killer. He was like a massive con man. Yes. That's that's something that a lot of people kind of brush over because obviously, if you're going to talk about horse thief or serial killer, one is it's a little bit more serious. But it was always for money, right? So everything he did for money. So he ended up killing the people that owned the building to his hotel and finding a way to um, acquire it for his own. And then he built his murder castle where he actually like constructed these hidden gas chambers within the rooms, these hidden shoots to drop the bodies into that picture. I showed you was like kind of reconstructed. If you really look at that, like cartoonist picture that I put on screen, 
of what that place looked like and them dropping the bodies. And he made sure not to um, let any part of the body go to waste, right? So he would kill these people, steal their belongings, and he had a vat of acid and a vat of bleach in the basement where he dropped them. And do you guys know why he did that? To steal their horses? Yeah, to steal their horses. No, to to dump their bodies in the acid to eat away all the skin. And then he would bleach the skeleton to sell the skeleton to, um, you know, medical, medical students yeah. and all that. Kind of reminds stuff. me of uh, Burke and Hare we talked about in yeah. Edinburgh. Those guys were doing the same yeah, thing. I was going to bring up Edinburgh. It does yeah, sound stealing like bodies that. and sell them to the schools. And he, and he mostly, you know, it was people that were by themselves. The World's Fair was in town. It was attracting thousands and thousands of people. There wasn't enough places for them to stay. So he was real selective of who he killed, usually women. Uh, and then he started, and he didn't care if you, if it was kids too. If he thought that the kid, he killed plenty of kids. His He would have like acquaintances that were helping him with this stuff. He ended up killing all this guy's kids. We can't get into the entire H.H. Holmes story, but like, if yeah, you're sure, into this, I thought we almost have to dedicate an episode to it. But yeah, we might definitely. have to at some point. But H. Let's, H. Sure. Let's go through all 200 victims one at a time. <laughs> I do yeah. want to clarify. Uh, me and Dave started laughing at a really horrific moment of your story. We weren't laughing <laughs> at the story. We were laughing at Kate's comments, which H. H. Holmes must obviously stand for horse heist Holmes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good old horse thief joke. Yes. So uh, we did. We did get a I few love questions. A good horse thief I, joke. I don't have anything to add on this because I don't know. But uh, Rachel asks. Uh, wasn't there a theory that he was Jack the Ripper or was that there, a serial killer? No, he, there was a theory that H.H. H. Holmes was Jack the Ripper because he was in England. However, the timelines don't really fully add up. And I don't believe it's true because, again, everything H.H. H. Holmes did was for money. Like he, you know, that was his M.O. Jack the Ripper, that was not his M.O. He was... He was slicing and dicing these prostitutes. Now, he had the skills to do what Jack the Ripper was doing because he was a medical student. So, like, he had the background to do something like that, but it doesn't really add up to to his actual uh, MO for everything else. To, right. In my and opinion. So, so, Jack the Ripper was, they, they never found out who he was. So, you can, there's ties from every single person who was in that area at that time, whoever got caught killing somebody there was theories that that could have been Jack the Ripper. You know, that yeah. was the one that got caught. Um, Papa Squash just cracked the case. It doesn't even matter. He said he couldn't have been Jack the Ripper. His name started with an H. That's a Hello. great point. It's, it's right there in front of us. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, to answer Dave's question, he's also not Jack Sparrow. Yeah. Thank you. So, H.H. H. Holmes is an incredible story. And I actually think there's a movie coming out um, with Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio playing him in the in the future, so that I'm super interested in seeing that. That sounds like a great role for uh, for Leo. Yeah, he'll be he'll be great in that role. But yeah, he he got convicted. They you know they hung him. He confessed to hanged, hanged. They he confessed to the murders to some of the murders, and like I said, he killed children. He didn't care if he thought that you were a hindrance to him. He had no emotion at all. He just he just ended you and uh, didn't care. He confessed to to killing two hundred people, but um, criminologists can only connect him to nine. 
So they think that he was embellishing that number. Not that nine is a small number of people to kill. That's a very mm-hmm. large number. But I mean, he says 200, they say nine. It's probably somewhere in between. Probably right. closer to nine, would be my guess. And you know, stories, they snowball. I feel like I feel like it's more than nine because like just his acquaintance alone, I can't remember the exact number, but I think he killed three of his kids along yeah. with him. And no, I agree. It's definitely more than nine. I just think that like the 200 number is probably heavily inflated. You know, if the criminologist can, can, can connect him to nine, that means it's definitely at least nine, yeah. probably in between somewhere. Yeah, it, it's it's got to be. A, I bet it's a hefty number um, just based on what he was doing and how nine he was is doing. A hefty number. Yeah. Oh, nine is a hefty number, but I mean, like, probably. I'm talking in terms of of heavy. When you're comparing it to 200, it seems like a really small number. Right. 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 Relatively speaking. Also, this would be a good thing, but still disappointing a little bit. I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, like step it up, criminologists. So he is thought to haunt this hotel because of recruiting, uh, you know, overflow basically from the hotel, people that were getting turned away because the rooms were full that he would go to this, it was a prominent hotel at the time. It had just opened, and he's like going there and personally picking out who he'd want to come to the place. He'd be like, "Oh, there's a single female right there. I'll invite her. She looks like she might have some money. I'll invite her to my hotel to stay there." So they think that the, the ghost of H. H. Holmes has been in the lobby, and the site of his old murder castle. It burnt down. It stayed there for about forty years, just about. In a, in a burnt state until they tore it down and built the post office. And that post office is the employees since it opened have complained about hauntings within the building. So, yeah. So that was the, so that was the, um, the murder castle, which is in the same area as the, um, the Congress Plaza hotel. So, right. Separate but building. He, yeah. Separate building from there, but he's haunting the Congress. He's haunting the Congress. So um, probably amongst other places as well. And he could count as a celebrity ghost. I I think he's like, so I go with that infamous list, right? There's like that, the list of infamy. It's like him and Al Capone. Mm. Like, yes, they're famous, but they're like infamous. So yeah, maybe it doesn't quite fit the celebrity title, but infamy for sure. Right. So we can get into Al Al Capone and um, Teddy Roosevelt, if you'd like. Yeah. The Al Capone connection is a little loose, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. It, I think it's possible because he did. There, there's no way he didn't go into this hotel before, right? He's Al Capone. He basically was the king of New York. I mean, the king of Chicago for a long time, mm-hmm. or at least a short time. But he was the man, and we know that some of his associates actually lived in the hotel. And supposedly they kidnapped people, brought them back there. Uh, A little story from there is supposedly the guy that called Capone before the St. Valentine's Day massacre called him from the Congress Plaza Hotel. And then when it was over, went back to the hotel and called him from there again to let him know it was done. Yeah, I read that. So there there is connections here. It's just like... I almost feel like it's getting tied. He's just getting tied there just because he's so prominent in Chicago and people are just looking for extra stories, sort of. Because all you, if you look it up, all you see is like, 
he appears at the bar and it's like, well, I have no eyewitness accounts of it. Um, nobody else saying anything else other than he appears at the bar. And yeah. it just feels real lazy, to be honest. Yeah. I think if Capone's haunting anywhere, it's either his home in Florida or uh, Alcatraz. We don't make yeah. the rules. Maybe he went to the hotel too. He, I mean, he might. I mean, Maybe. it's not out of. It's not crazy that he'd be somewhere in Chicago, right? Like, not Chicago all around Chicago. Spot. I mean, a lot of these these ghosts they they move around from from place to place. They could be in multiple places at the same time again. Like like it's right. Could be up there, but I mean, with no like real solid sightings and reasons why that ghost is Capone, then it's kind of leaves me to question. Which yeah. gets us to the one that I believe the least, Teddy. which is the Teddy Roosevelt one. I added it because it is known as the as like the House of Presidents and so many went there and they have these artifacts from the White House there because of how prominent it was. Um, but literally, <laughs> there's nothing. All you see is like, it, it's just like, yeah, Teddy Roosevelt haunts there. It's like, okay, where? What does he do? Like, how do you know it's him? All this other stuff. And it just feels like it's just feels shoehorned, right? And this place has so many great stories that I know sometimes you want to add that name to just like add that pizzazz to it, but doesn't it doesn't need it. need it. It doesn't need it. This hotel has great stories and great, and great hauntings. So like I added it because it needs to be talked about, but I, this, this one of all of them is the one that I'm just kind of like, I don't see it so much. I agree. And, um, yeah, like at least with like the Mango Hotel, which is another location that Teddy Roosevelt's ghost is supposed to haunt. Like there's actual sightings of him with his mustache and everything. And and they say that, and there's, there's a reason for him to be just there. Just holding it, just holding his mustache off to yes. the side. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> uh, but no, there's been multiple sightings of him. There's a reason that he was there. I mean, it was like his favorite hotel and he recruited his Rough Riders there. So, and then he had returned after the Civil War. So you, you had like multiple reasons why he would be haunting that location in particular. Again, I think I just need more to to buy into it fully. Right. So one of the other ones that I don't know what to think of is the hand, right? Because That's it is cool. a it's a great story. Because guests, there have been multiple multiple reports of guests being in a room and a hand just reaching through the wall, and that's like that's scary as fuck. To be honest with you, like if you're just sitting there and a hand just reaches through the wall and you're just like, holy shit. And then to have an actual location within the hotel that looks like a hand. Um, it's Very just, creepy. Very creepy. It reminds me of that one ghost from the Newport mansions that had the hand come out yeah, from underneath the, the stairway or whatever. Pointed mm. to a uh, picture on the wall and then the picture fell off the wall. Just creepy. It's, it's, also like, it's also like a weird story just to come up with if you're trying to fake a ghost story, which adds yeah. a little bit of credibility to it. Yeah, um, I like those. But this one's cool. That so that picture that you showed was that an actual picture from? Yeah, that's that's the hand behind the. I think it's behind a ballroom or something like that, and like one of those rooms that that's just like for workers only type deal. But yeah, it's it's just holding that crossbar. So from what I read, it's not it's not wide enough for a body to actually be back there. So that theory seems to be not true, but unless it does. Ghost. Well, I'm saying like when like because the story one of the stories is a worker was buried in the wall and was holding the cross. That's a pretty that's a pretty shitty job of 
bearing the dude in the wall if he let his hand come through. Yeah, yeah. Like, ah, just leave that. That's fine. Not, as long as the rest of him is buried, they won't even notice. Is the building structurally sound? <laughs> leave them. Just plaster over it. Keep it moving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say that, like, if it is anything to do with a worker, it's more likely he did leave a glove there. Um, also, coming coming from that guy who's getting buried in the wall, like, what's that doing for you? Like, well, not if I do this. <laughs> Well, you're you're uh, trying to you're trying to pull yourself out, right? I guess I don't know. I mean, Dave, as an expert of getting out of um, walls that you've been buried in, how would you have gotten out of this wall? I would have tried to get more than just my hand out of the wall. Hmm. I would at least, or at least, if I couldn't get more than my hand out of the wall, I would do the thumbs down position so people would know that I was not. <laughs> this is, it's not cool with me. I can't get my hand. Out of the it's not cool yeah yeah so that that is a pretty cool story um which i guess we should talk about was it peg leg johnny i think that's that's another i think that's the next one we gotta have a a hall of fame like a list of like the top 20 ghost names obviously bucky mchat's at the top but like yes as we go down easily top easily top three for me no chance no chance peg like johnny wasn't a pirate at one point in his life Jesus you don't Christ, get a nickname dude. like peg like johnny if you're not a pirate Dave, no I, I already, already checked now this is a valid point but in case you're just trying to shoehorn pirates in here i already checked that yes. box by bringing up the the jack sparrow comment that by the way didn't exist this i'm gonna say that peg like johnny wasn't shoehorning a lot or at least at half the rate of everybody else um so (laughs) minimal shoehorning going on each morning yeah Yeah, it's not much um so of all the stories right of all the stories that are in this episode i searched for quite some time to see if i could find um the murder of a homeless man in the 1890s in an alley in chicago because that's the that's the story is oh i thought i thought you just had a thing for that (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I do, you know. Now I when, do. When I go to Pornhub, that is what I type in, and <laughs> and I see what pops up. Some disturbing stuff. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I couldn't find anything. But again, it's not easy to search for newspaper clippings from the 1890s and stuff like that. I have no name to go off of. We're just looking for like Chicago murder alley. Like it's it's tough. So. There might have been something. There might have been nothing. He's also a homeless guy, supposedly. Do they report on, on that? That's what I'm saying. They exactly. might not yeah, have yeah. even reported We're, we're all it. talking over each other to bring up the exact same point. Is is I don't even think it's, – it's hard to make that stuff – unfortunately, it's hard to make that stuff newsworthy anyways. It's just not a juicy case for the press. I mean, you still get it. Like, I work in Boston. There's a lot of homeless people. Sometimes they die, and I only find out from the other homeless people. Like, oh, yeah, Jimmy died two weeks ago. I'm like, oh, Jimmy, I like that guy. It's – you know, it's – you don't see this stuff on the news. It, it, I mean, maybe like a, if it's like a, a you know, a murder, then it, it might make the news, but it's just, you know, the press has their priorities. And unfortunately there's a, there's a hierarchy when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. So it was, I couldn't find anything to like make that part official, but it's a, it's a pretty fun story. He's been seen throughout the entire hotel. They believe that he's the one that messes with electricity in certain rooms, um, or certain areas of the hotel. And his his presence has been seen before that stuff happens. Um, so it's it's another fun story. Like of all of all the places we've covered, like Junie was a was a fun one with a bunch of ghosts. 
but this place has so many. It's There's crazy. a lot. So I very much like the theory that this is where Stephen King got the inspiration to write the short story 1408, which turned into a John Cusack movie, mm-hmm. uh, which was very good. That's so yeah, sure, yeah, no, good, but it was. Yeah, no, it was. A, it was. A, it was. It was a really good movie, and uh, the short story I think was even better. But um, it fits because this. Guy, so if you haven't seen the movie or read the story, basically. He's a paranormal investigator who goes around and investigates different haunted locations. And he's really trying to get to this one hotel, particularly one room, because of all the people that check in and just commit suicide. And there's they can't explain it. They say it's haunted by all the ghosts of all the people who did commit suicide there. And he, you know, he talks to his lawyers and they get him in to check check into this room, which they didn't want to let him stay in. You know, the the guy begs him to not, please don't stay in this room. What is it going to take for me to get you to not stay in this room? And he does. Am I conflating two movies or was his job to go out there and debunk things that he didn't think was haunted? He would basically debunk things that weren't haunted, but his, yes. So yes. I'm just glad that people getting that only listen to the main episodes are getting a taste of what happens in the horror movie reviews where Dave just reads the entire fucking script of a movie and just tells you (laughs) everything that happens. I really get into it. It's very exciting. Um, But the thing is, it was like all these people would check into this room and then just commit suicide. And this hotel has an extensive list of people that checked in and then committed suicide in just extremely peculiar manners. Like it just, a lot of it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, a couple of the cases were one was a man named James Kennedy from New York. He checked into his, into his room in 1910. Uh, this is not the movie, by the way. This is what actually happened to this hotel. He cut all of the dry cleaning identifications off of his clothes and burned all of his documents like his license and whatever passport, whatever he had, uh, and then walked across the lake to the lake and uh, shot himself. The same year, an insurance salesman named Andrew Mack visited a friend who was staying at the hotel, and he then left and walked across the same lake and drowned himself. 1916, a mining investor named Morris Davis and his wife attempted suicide by taking cyanide in their hotel room. His wife actually survived, but Morris died. Um, his wife claimed that they thought they were taking some kind of Epsom salt and didn't know that it was cyanide. But then a couple of days later, yeah. she tried to throw herself off the third story window at St. Mary's mission. So um, that was basically proved that she definitely was trying to commit suicide with the cyanide. I was about to debunk that. Like, yeah, we both took it. Yeah, exactly. If she tried to do it again three days later, then I guess that, that checks out. True. So, um, a few years later, a salesman killed himself by throwing himself down the elevator shaft his ghost is uh, apparently the one that haunts, haunts the elevators. I guess the lights will flicker and the elevator will stop randomly in reverse direction. Typically, Sorry, go ahead. Keep going. Yep. Typically when it's going down, it will stop randomly and then just start going back up again, which I think is pretty interesting because if you fall down an elevator shaft, you might have like regrets and want to go back up. <laughs> before. Or you your spirit maybe ascends mm, or descends true. from there. A lot of, we got to add this one to the checklist of, uh, haunted locations is something happening with the elevator shaft. This is a very common thing. Uh, we've had it in, I think about five episodes now where so, you know, like the elevator shaft is haunted for someone who fell down it or whatever. So add that one to the, uh, to the punch list there. Yeah. Right. And then there was a, a man, another man, he hanged himself on the cupboard of his room on, uh, one of the hooks and then a drifter threw himself off the roof of the North tower. And the list actually goes on, but I'm not going to sit here and rattle off the list of people who, committed suicide at this hotel but it's it's so extensive that it's like if you look at this story that stephen king wrote you kind of got to figure like i wonder if that's where this came from because 
So he's never confirmed it. It is the belief that this hotel is the is the catalyst for that story, but he has never come out and confirmed that. And there's two more stories that we have to talk about that relate to this type of thing that we really have to get into. I think they're the two most prominent. But before we do that, let's talk about the two rooms. First, there's room 666, which is really interesting that they try to hide this doorway so that people can't get in there. Um, and it's interesting that, Yeah, it's interesting that the room's still there. So one of the things that's pretty common with um, hotels is they will not have a 13th floor. Right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the 14th floor would be the 13th floor, but they're calling it the 14th floor. But they skip it because of superstition. Yeah. So unless something eerie happened in here, for them just to be like, all right, nobody wants to book room 666. We're just going to wall it off. And I, I would just think that maybe they would turn it into like a, a utility closet or something like that, right? Why not utilize that space if it's still there? Yeah. So that's, there, that's where it's it gets a little weird. So this hotel has multiple rooms that are locked off, but not in this manner where they just don't use them anymore. And it hasn't been confirmed, but they think it's something to do with like the place is basically falling apart or something so that they're not allowed to use those rooms because they might be unsafe for whatever reason. So this room though is different where in the fact that they're almost trying to hide it. And like we said, the window washers have actually taken a look at it through the window and they see dated furniture with through the window. So yeah, they should think Brian said they should name it six, six, five and a half. Yeah. That's the play. Uh, but this sealed off room is part of the theory as to why this uh, was inspired the 1408 story, because that was a sealed off room that was supposedly not supposed to be accessed by people. Mm. So there's so many different things that fit for this to, to make sense. And if you, you know, if I'm writing the story, I, maybe I don't want to admit that uh, it was inspired by a true story. I don't know. Although I right. feel like that kind of helps. I don't know. Who I knows? think it definitely helps. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, So so then there's room 441, which is considered the most haunted room in the hotel. But there is no actual story tied to it, which it doesn't need to. We just talked about how much tragedy happened at this place that we might not even know about. Right. We're talking about, you know, gangsters that held people hostage here. Like something could have happened in this room. Then there could have been stuff that got covered up in this hotel. There's so many stories within a hotel that doesn't even just have death, right? Because there's just thousands and thousands of people circulating through these buildings that things happen. And we don't know exactly what happened in this room, but when people stay in this room, they leave. There's celebrity stories of them going to this hotel um, and leaving before staying the entire night. But room 441 seems like more people leave this room than any other and go check in at other hotels. There's, you look it up, you'll find plenty of people sharing their experience with this room. A couple of strange experiences. Stephanie says, uh, I'm waiting for the, um, I'm waiting for you guys, plus Captain McSlugs, to do a dance to the Wellerman Sea Shanty song. Spoiler, look at Rob's Twitter video history and you will find something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, uh, uh, Para B Normal Ghost Hunter says, I live a strange life watching you guys and my son was doing the floss dance. I, Normally, just assume that everyone's doing the floss dance while they're watching us. Yeah, Yeah. it correlates well. So, yeah, so that's the rooms. And I think we capped this episode off talking about 
what I consider the two main stories, which is the captain who was getting married the next day. And so he's seen throughout town. He goes and he gets his marriage license. He picks up his wedding rings. He picks up a revolver. And the next morning they find him dead to a self-inflicted gunshot wound. And he is now considered to be the shadow man. They think he's the shadow man that haunts the building. And good. Is there a theory as to what he was doing? Why? Or is there just, that's just what happens and it is what it is. Nobody really knows why. So why he, why he, why he shot himself? Yeah. So the theory, so from what I gathered, and this is kind of my own theory, no one actually like put words to this, but if you look at his history, he served in, God, I can't remember which war at the, off the top of my head. It might've been, it was, he served, he served in a war. He was in battle. And they said after he got out of battle, he started having night terrors. He would have like sudden change of like attitude and stuff like that. And everything that they bring up, like his symptoms is what we now known as PTSD. Like it's post-traumatic stress disorder. Like, so he was probably suffering from that. So he could have been fine during the day and then something, he had a dream or something. And unfortunately, the the revolver that he bought got involved and he ended up shooting himself. So the police were like, oh, he probably had a night terror and shot himself accidentally because the family was saying he would never do this to, to himself. But to be honest, we know that most families would say that about a loved one that did it. I think it's I think it's tough because he didn't leave a note or anything. Right. Right. So like he just did it. And it, that's got to be tough on the family. But I'm guessing it had something to do with his with his PTSD. Would be my guess. Was this hard, to, hard to rule that out? Was this James Kennedy from New York? The first. No. Okay. Th- this one. was Captain um, Ostheim. So he he's the captain that and he did it in 1900, which was like six to seven years after the hotel had opened. Gotcha. So he's been there for quite some time. And then finally. The one that I think is the most tragic by far and the most credible for hauntings is the the Langer family, which is just like an all-around oh, overly sad story for why they were here, why she did what she did. And it's just it's just like overly, overly sad. So, so this is the one with the woman who was over in, I don't know, she, she escaped from the Nazi regime, right? This well, they one. they didn't, I guess you wouldn't say that they escaped as much as they fled early. So they knew he was coming. They left early. They had some money. Her and her kids came over. The husband stayed you know, back somewhere in Europe or whatever to facilitate the sale of his business and house which he did. And like, he got like pennies on the dollar for both because unfortunately people were taking advantage of these people that had to get out and they're like, well, we know you have to leave. So we're going to give you pretty much nothing for your business or nothing for your house. Um, as Hitler came in, because if you were Jewish, we knew what was going to happen with you with Hitler. So not only are they trying to escape, but now they're getting, now they're getting like absolutely destroyed with selling their assets 
So he's up, he's back home trying to do that. She's over here with her kids on a six month visa. And that's about to run out. So now she's panicking. And I can't even imagine the type of panic she must have been going through. And I that has to alter your head, right? Of course. And obviously it did. So just in a regular setting. And now you're in this hotel where we've talked about when people go into this hotel, they get an uneasy feeling and they also feel mentally altered as they walk these hallways, right? So now you're including that along with this feeling of depression about you might have to go back to a place that's going to make your kids, you know, like yeah. suffer tremendously is what you're worried about. And whether it was, I mean, obviously she she went too far with this, but that's what she's thinking as she does this, right? So she goes back into the into the room and she's like, the only way I can save them from this is if I do this to them first. And unfortunately, she does what she does. And the discrepancy for the story is everybody says it was the 12th floor. The one discrepancy with that is a newspaper reported it as the 13th floor. So, but everything else is the 12th floor. So I believe it was the 12th floor. Um, that's where you that's get a lot of hauntings as well. Is there even a 13th floor? There, there's no, sometimes hotels don't have a 13th floor. Or you Remember, know, remember floor, this, floor. this place is sold multiple times. Yep. So there could have been renumbering of floors and everything like that as well. So I would say yeah. there was probably a 13th floor at some point, even if there's not now. But well, wonderful a situation where they, um, they, the ground level is the lobby and the next one up is the, is the first floor. Absolutely. Could have done something like that too. So, yeah. so there's that. And it's just, it's, tragic and then the other tragic thing i couldn't find a lot of the newspaper articles i could only find the one um but it was reported that most of the articles really focused on the four-year-old that died and barely mentioned the six-year-old and it's like why wouldn't you just mention both of them consistently because it's just as tragic for a six-year-old as it is a four-year-old right like mm -hmm. it's, it's and so they're thinking that the six-year-old let me put it into perspective for you I'm three years younger than Dave. If we were to tragically both die, who do you think yeah. all the press coverage would be about? That's true. This is yeah. valid. Yeah. I mean, fair. Glad, glad I could help out. Touche. So then you're leaving us with a Dave ghost, which is like the worst kind of ghost. <laughs> you're not going to. Yeah. You've been begging what? for this Dave ghost for like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> just like 40 out of 42 episodes now. I'll just trip over him every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So they they would mention him, Optimus. So Optimus asked, why wouldn't they mention the six-year-old dying? They, he would be mentioned, but they would focus on the four-year-old. So they think that the six-year-old is haunting. You know, one of the theories is because he was kind of forgotten, like forgotten, not forgotten, but almost forgotten. You know what I mean? So, but I think they could all still be haunting. We, And there's so many ghosts in this place that we probably don't even know about. Because we talked about this with the Mineral Springs Hotel. Think about how many people would go to these hotels for family vacations and stuff like that. Or for, for things that were good. And in death, they are, they are actually 
you know, going back to places that they enjoyed being at. So there's got to be some residual hauntings of that stuff as well. You're absolutely right about that, for sure. I mean, this is one location where there's just so many different reasons why this place should be haunted and and probably is haunted. That um, that Mm. coupled with eyewitness testimony plus, you know, the guests that we had on today – I mean, it, all of it kind of pulls together and it definitely leads me to believe that this place has uh, definitely got something going on. Yeah, so I think if we ever do go to Chicago, um, why? Why, why would we, we ever? Why would we go to Chicago? Why, when are we going to stop shitting on all the cities? Chicago's a great place. <laughs> I've been to Chicago. I, I enjoyed my one night in Chicago, so I don't know what you're talking about, but um, we're probably end up in Chicago at some point. We were almost supposed to go to Chicago next month. Like, what are you sure. talking about? Yeah. Chicago's, uh, Chicago's on the list of cities that I would visit. Yeah. So if we can get past those disgusting hallways, because they do look pretty gross, I would like to stay a night here. I don't know if I'd want to do multiple nights in this hotel, though. I would not shy away from any haunted hotel. I don't care what the condition is. Yeah. So what do, what do you guys think about this place? Is it – so for me, it was surprising at, at to how much activity and – stories associated with it were yeah I, I was, same with yeah. me i i definitely just there's so many things here that they can't all be made up you know what i mean there's got to be something there yeah. it's just too much going on to to chalk it all up to to fake right so I, yeah i, I kind of went over it earlier but yeah i, I think there's there's so much reasons for this place so many reasons for this place to be haunted that i, I would uh i would say it's credible so that is the Congress Plaza Hotel, um, one that I really enjoyed researching and looking into. I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a haunted hotel. So, Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, real quick, I want to give a big shout out to our patrons. Our two VIPs are Stephen V and Lisa J. Thank you guys so much. We also have Rachel B, Anthony, Angry Dave Rocks T., our first positive day. real real quick and stay tuned after we go through our patrons because we have an announcement about being a patreon member some updates yes indeed uh also with matthew t uh cody g sydney b mark m papa squatch mike b brandon w sarah w soph m along with hooper uh jake v stephanie a seth dave sucks w captain mcslugs sarah dave loves bacon r thank you guys if you guys want to get on this list as well as many other perks that we're about to discuss potentially uh, as little as $3 a month, you get your name in the credits. So join us. Yes. And for the $10 tier, we have recently added that twice a month as, as somebody throws things, <laughs> we've recently added that twice a month. Um, we are going to do a chat with the $10 Patreon members at about eight fifteen Eastern on Tuesday night. So, for about a half hour, we're inviting you in to chat with us, and you can tell us our your ghost stories. We can tell you some of our stuff. We can just hang out and talk, uh, but twice a month, and we're going to start that next Tuesday. So if you're a $10 member, make sure you email us or send one of us a private message on Discord because we're going to have to send you the link in order to do that. I'm excited for that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I can't wait to hear some of the stories that people have. Um, that they want to share with us. Yes, indeed. Uh, if people want to get up to date on the next uh, horror movie that we're going to review, uh, whew, we made a decision. I forget it. Anyone remember? So on Friday, this coming Friday, we are dropping the review of 
what the heck was it? What wow. did we just review? Orphan. 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 Yeah. Orphan yeah. Final Kill, the new one. Yep, that's dropping this Friday. The following Friday will be The Ghost of Marilyn Monroe, and the Friday after that will be another horror movie, which we will let you know about. Yes. yes. Wait, so I have a week to finish Marilyn. Dude, nope. I'm scrambling to get you, it done. Off, off I mean, I, I know we're going to film it. We'll talk about this off screen. Off, but yeah, yeah, I was scrambling. Anyways, yeah, so The Ghost of Marilyn Monroe. I'm excited about this one. A lot of... Uh, conspiracies surrounding this one it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time so anything else gentlemen next week saint augustine florida per request in the youtube comments that i noticed a couple weeks ago and i was like you know what i'll cover it so we're going there haunted lighthouse haunted graveyard all sorts of cool stuff down there in the oldest city in the united states cool and we got a few uh a few big events coming up so we're going to block island uh we're waiting to confirm the date, but that'll be in the next few weeks. It should be within the next month. And we covered Block Island, obviously, on an episode, but we've been invited to go out there, do like a haunted bar crawl and some cool stuff and stay in a house out there. Um, so I, I'm excited about that. We'll be going live at least a few times throughout the night. We'll see how it goes, depending on how uh, enthusiastic Rob is about buying pickleback shots. We'll see how coherent uh, we are throughout the night. <laughs> it is a bar crawl, so we'll see. But uh, And then we got uh, some big stuff going on in Salem. We'll let you guys know about that in the future yeah so a lot of cool stuff spooky season is upon us we plan to drop so many episodes in october so get ready for an onslaught of content going to be dropping the entire history of ghosts content um more horror movie reviews more episodes a lot of side content and everything like that so make sure you guys um join the patreon you get early access to that kind of stuff and be in the loop for everything that we got going on and join the discord we'll drop it in the chat here make sure you guys join up so you can see everything that's going on also if you have um Feedback on horror movie reviews, movie reviews that you want us to drop. Um, you know, we have a whole section for horror movie reviews there as well. Yeah. Um, the Discord is very, very much what I would like people to join because it's the easiest way to get a hold of us. Right. But the other way is hometown ghost stories at gmail.com. So if you are a $10 patron or if you become a $10 patron, make sure you send us a message one of those two places so that you can join us next Tuesday. Uh, for the live chat with the three of us. Hell yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, anything else, gentlemen? No. And last thing, make sure you're leaving those five-star reviews. We've been getting quite a few come in, but the act people haven't been writing um, a review, so we can't, I can't say words that aren't there. But if you have left a review that you've written before, remember, you can always update it. We can read it, read your new review. So don't forget Absolutely. that. Thank you guys. Definitely uh, check it out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you uh, listen to your podcast. But if you have time, definitely swing over to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. We'll read it out on air. Thank you, gentlemen, for uh, Rob, Dave, and myself. We'll see you next week. Peace.